You know, so many times software founders and software leaders, they direct their product the wrong way. They think they're directing it towards what needs to happen for them to grow, but actually it's going the complete opposite direction. I had a great conversation with Agalos Muzikitis. He is the founder at Growth Sandwich, and he helps software founders really understand where they should be directing their product for maximum growth. So if you want to make sure that you're not making any of these product mistakes, any of these roadmap mistakes, definitely check this out. He gives some great tips on how you can accelerate your product so that it accelerates your growth and revenue. Enjoy it. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, I am Matt. Welcome, welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am delighted to have you here with us. Thank you very much. And I'm super excited to be joined by my special guest today, Agalos Muzikitis. Agalos, how are we doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you, Matt? I am also doing very fine. It's a great day today, and I'm super excited to talk to you over in Greece, joining us live. That is super, super cool. But I really want to make sure that everybody knows about who you are, Agalos. So let's give you a little introduction. So for everybody out there, Agalos, he's the founder and growth product manager at Growth Sandwich. He's worked with more than 100 SaaS companies and has trained thousands of leaders. What he does, he helps strategize and conducts customer research and delivers insight-driven experiments that can really help build a better product and optimize your existing conversion funnel. So he really knows his stuff when it comes to SaaS and growth. So once again, Agalos, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. That was an epic introduction. And the most epic thing was that you managed to pronounce my surname. Thank you very much for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice of you to say so. But before we started recording, so everybody knows I asked him how to pronounce it. But uh, super good that I nailed it on the recording. Uh, but, you know, let's get started, Agalos. I want you to tell me, if you could, what's been going on lately for you? And, you know, things over at Growth Sandwich, what's coming up for you guys? Um, we keep doing what, uh, what we're doing for the last uh, three years, which is uh, customer research for uh, B2B SaaS companies. Uh, we are launching uh, a new thing, which is, uh, again, customer research, uh, but for VCs this time, uh, for due diligence purposes. So, uh, so far, we were doing research to help founders making, make better grow, go-to-market decisions. Now, we, we, will also, we will do a similar research to help VCs make better investment decisions when they are planning to invest in B2B SaaS. Uh, so we go a little bit with the other side. Uh, so that's the new thing. Uh, apart from that, everything is the same. Very cool. So tell me about some of this research. Now, I know that SaaS companies, they've got to understand their market. What, what exactly are you helping them with when you say research? Cool. So um, just to clarify something, uh, there, are, there is only a minority of founders that understand the value of research. So most of them, they come to me with a symptom. Uh, they tell me, Agilus, we have a sales problem, or we have a marketing problem, or there is a churn issue. And um, they trust that I can solve it. Now, do they understand about research? Mm, not so much. They kind of understand, but they don't really care so much, to be honest. What, what they care about is solving the problem. So here's what I do. Uh, I know for a fact that the marketing problem or a sales issue or a churn uh, problem isn't really the problem, is the symptom. 
So I dive into the company, I do the research myself, I set up uh, research projects, I design and execute along with the rest of the team, and then I go back to the business and I tell them, considering that I have a marketing and product background as well, I tell them, hey, marketing team, you shouldn't do one, two, three, four. Instead, you should do one, two, three, four, five things. Oh, and here are the evidence that you should do that. Oh, and product team, you are planning to build those five things. In fact, four of them shouldn't be built. You will waste your time there. Instead, you should build the one that you were planning and those three extras. Oh, and here are the evidence. So during that process, there are many stakeholders that call me crazy. I won't deny that. But uh, it's good that I always bring the evidence, which is even videos of people repeating again and again and again the same thing, the same insight, so that I can give it back to the business and be sure that it's a solid and robust insight for them. That's sense? amazing. No, it absolutely makes sense. And I'm glad you have it as it's, you know, it's research based. You've got the evidence. It's data backed. That's super important just to give them more confidence that the decision you're telling them to make, they're able to make. When you make a decision, having the confidence, knowing it's the right decision is super critical so that you can execute extremely well. And I know I saw in, in some of your stuff, and it's really cool the way you've got it laid out. It's really the way you've explained what you do on your website and such. But how does Growth Sandwich prevent SaaS businesses from making six-digit mistakes? Okay, let me give you an example. Uh, I will give you a real example. Um, I was working with, uh, with a client that comes from the video conferencing world. Uh, one of the big competitors of the number one video conferencing solution that everybody knows that has two O's <laughs> at its name. <laughs> so uh, during the pandemic, the, this solution had an extreme growth and an extreme churn. Mm -hmm. uh, during that period of these crazy times, they had lots of feature requests. They were happy about their growth. They were concerned about churn. Things were getting very fast and crazy these days. So they hired me to solve the churn issue. Uh, so I did my research, all sorts of research, both quantitative and qualitative, and I realized that the reason they have churn is because their positioning is so weak that it drives the wrong people in, they pass by because they're looking for a video conferencing solution during the pandemic, they do not find exactly what they're looking for, and they churn after a couple of months, which creates, which supports an extreme growth, but also a very high churn. So we realized based on that, that their churn problem was in fact a positioning problem. But more than that, all those people that were passing by were proposing features. And, you know, customers are the worst people to tell us what we should build because most of them, 80% of them were proposing things that they were aware of. They were proposing based on their perception of what sure. is the solution. They were trying to drag this tool towards becoming another of the existing ones. So should the company build what the customers asked them to build? No, that would be a six digit mistake because they would build something that would be out of scope. This is time to build engineering hours, product hours. Then they would need to test it to do user research. Then they would need to launch it. 
spend money on supporting it, support it at least for six months with marketing budget. And then after six months, realizing that they've made, that, they, that this was a hiccup. And then perhaps they need to revert that mistake, which is extra cost. Yeah. Now, when it, when it comes to a very small business, uh, that might be a, a mistake that will kill you. Even in a series business, that might kill you, in fact, because you might find yourself doing a, some other small mistakes. Your bank account is empty. You need a, to raise another uh, round. You go back to your investors. They see that you're not really doing the right uh, choices. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> that is nasty. That is nasty. Okay, so you earlier talked about, and right here you talked about it, you can help these SaaS companies understand exactly. what to build next. So how should they make these decisions on how to prioritize what to pick off their roadmap and what to build next if it's not through what the customer told them to build? Exactly. So to avoid these big mistakes, you have to be extremely, extremely empathetic. You have to know in full detail, not just what the customer is telling you, but what the customer is thinking. Mm-hmm. Even even when the customer is not realizing, because, but we know that because we observed the customer, because we compared what customers tell us. So to answer your question, how can a business understand what they have to build next? There are a couple of ways that you can do that. Um, I support two of them. The first is qualitative research. Uh, you have to speak with your customers. You have to speak with all sorts of customers, with happy customers, unhappy customers, failed customers, free, fresh customers, compare. What is it that good customers tell me? What is it that bad customers tell me? What is the difference between those two? Mm-hmm. What is the customer that I am working for? Is it this customer or that customer? The customer that I have decided that I'm working for, What is the problem that he or she is experiencing? And when I'm saying he or she, I'm not referring to one person. I'm referring to a majority of people. So what are the problems that they are having? I don't care about the features that they propose. I care about the problems that they are having. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing. To collect, to understand what is the customer that you are working for and go very deep towards what he or she needs you have. That's the first thing. But that's the executional thing. At this stage, we execute. But there's also the higher strategy thing. Because we might, let's let's go back to the example of video conferencing. Video conferencing is a very broad thing. You might build a solution for educators. You might build a very useful solution for consultants that deliver trainings. You might build a very good solution, a very good feature for developers that are doing pair coding and they want to compare their screens. Mm-hmm. All three are wonderful. All three might be very useful. So should we build all of them? No, because we should decide what is the direction of our product. Is the direction of our product this one, that one, or another one? So along with the executional customer research, the day-to-day, what should I build and how and why, there is also a very a bigger question that needs to be asked. Who are we and what is the opportunity that we are chasing? And this question might seem very difficult, and it is very difficult, but you can kind of answer it with an algorithm, a survey, 
that produces an algorithm, and that is called the opportunity algorithm. And uh, you can find that in more detail in Tony Alwick's What Customers Want. It's, a, it's my personal Bible. So what is this? What is this very simple yet very complex uh, survey? As soon as you have done your research, you have collected a list of jobs to be done, a list of expected outcomes that you want, that your customers want to have with your solution and alternative solutions of yours. So then you list all these jobs to be done and outcomes, and you ask a, a good amount of homogeneous users, a homogeneous segment that you have chosen to work for, how important each outcome is for them, and how satisfied are they with the available solutions to satisfy this outcome. Mm -hmm. Now, the result of that is the opportunity, because that gives you outcomes that are important, yet not satisfied. So you can pick which are the opportunities that you can work towards. You might reject some of them because it's not your DNA to work towards this opportunity. Because you haven't yet um, built, uh, established an understanding into that opportunity, but you have established uh, an understanding towards another opportunity. As soon as we pick the direction, then we set up internal processes to go deeper into the user and pick exactly what we're going to build. So this is the process that I have followed in the past to help uh, product teams figure out uh, very big questions like this. Of course, I'm sharing it in a few words. It might sound super, super, super simple. Sure. It's not, <laughs> it's not that simple. In fact, it's very complex and it can be very scientific, but mm -hmm. uh, you get the point. So yeah, also, absolutely. I'm, I'm a talker, sorry, if you don't tell me to, to shut up, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like hearing it. You're spouting off great stuff. So I'm all in for it. And I, I, I liked how you said, because it's something that I preach to my clients as well. You have to get to know your customer. I think too many times SaaS founders hear one problem from one person and go off and build it, not realizing that maybe that's just that one person that they have that issue. And you, you, you've built something now that not a lot of people want, but talk to a lot of them and really understand what are the challenges? What are they facing? What's their day to day? What are they wanting to get to? All of that is so critical to be able to know and know at a macro level to be able to understand how can we develop our product? From my side, how can you position your marketing? How can you set up your sales funnel and your, ch your channels and, and your sales methodologies and processes? All of that stems from really, truly understanding your customer, understanding your market and what you can do for them. I think that's so critical. I'm, I'm really glad you laid it out so succinctly for us, Agalos, because I think that's really, really important. What I want to know is you talked about getting this information, helping them understand it. But I, I'm sure, and you mentioned earlier that sometimes there's some stakeholders who don't buy in, who don't believe it. So how can you make sure the whole company understands that this data is showing them what they need to do so that you can make sure everybody's pointing in the same direction? Videos. I there's like only it. one thing. Uh, the research is very hard to sell, but as soon as you manage to sell, and I'm speaking as a consultant now, um, as soon as you sell it, uh, then you have a, one of the highest retentions that I have seen in this job because it's, um, 
you know, when, when I deliver the first piece of research, people literally, I'm, I'm not joking, um, I had founders telling me, you are crazy. I don't, I don't believe you. And then I bring the video and they see people speaking and this feeling of empathy because we are product people. And uh, sometimes we tend to, to have our noses quite high and mm-hmm. trust our data and trust our numbers and trust our so fancy solutions that give us all these great metrics. And sometimes we, we happen to disregard what client-facing people are, are telling us. But when another product person like me is bringing them a video with the best parts of my conversations, not simple conversations, conversations that I know how to do, and I bring them the same thing again and again and again, but they never expected to hear, then I get their buy-in. I get, they get excited. An example mm-hmm. that I remember is a, is, a, is, a, is a client I was working. So this, uh, this client was building a, a solution for um, creative agencies and freelancers to share their uh, HTML5 uh, banners and documents. So this solution would display, would show the HTML5 in a very nice way. And then the customers could uh, pinpoint uh, their feedback. So that was a good solution because until then, the only way to share the HTML5 was to, to zip it and attach it. And then the customer would need to unzip, open, and then write you an email. Mm. If, if you have worked on the creative industry, uh, getting feedback on something creative through an email is very hard because you need to ask again and again what they mean. So it was the pinpointing that helped. So uh, long story short, this, um, this founder hired me to help him uh, improve the messaging and improve uh, marketing. I did my research and I went back and told him, hey, um, you know, this flagship feature that you have, the pinpointing, yeah, yeah, nobody's using it. It's not the reason that you have grown. You are crazy. No, I'm not. Take the video. So in fact, it, the nine out of 10 of his customers wouldn't use that feature for wow. several reasons. But they would come for the feature that he has that he had three screens below. That was causing a marketing issue. He mm-hmm. was creating an expectation that he was not delivering. In fact, only a handful of people found value, but they found it three screens below. That was creating an imbalance in his funnel. He he has hired marketers, blamed marketers, fired agencies. And it was me that found the problem just by talking with customers. Boom. I'm not, I'm not smarter than the, the people that he hired and fired. I just didn't uh, misunderstand the symptom for the problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's a critical thing you just said right there at the end. You're not smarter. You just know the right methods, the right process. And so many times software founders, they've got a lot on their plate. They have a lot that they have to figure out. If you're going to be running a software company, there are a lot of different things you have to do. Many of you out there listening and watching, you know that. And so you don't have to be a super smart person and amazing at all those things. But if you can talk with somebody like Agalos, who helps you understand your product roadmap, you've talked with me, who helps you understand your sales pattern, then you can get 
the right answers, the things that are tried and true and proven over and over so that you can implement them yourself. And now you do have the right methods, the right process. So you're able to build the right product. You're able to have the right marketing message. You're able to have the right sales process. It makes it so that that's what's going to deliver you the results. You don't have to be an expert at everything, but understand that there are people who've already solved these things and use their knowledge, use their experience on how to get where you have to go. I love that. That's a great point. Agalos. I want to ask you because I'm sure that that's one big mistake that they're making is building the wrong way and aiming their product the wrong way away from their market, perhaps. What other mistakes are you seeing software founders make that's really preventing them from their success? Mm. The biggest thing is uh, misunderstanding symptoms for problems. And that applies to churn, uh, marketing problems, sales problems, and um, having uh, a big ego uh, that prevents them from seeing that it's not the marketer's fault, it's their fault. Uh, those two things are the things that I've noticed that uh, are, are killing businesses. Mm. Uh, and both come from the, the head, the, the founder. Um, it always starts at the top. Exactly, exactly. It's every time. Every time there is a, a founder that has bought, uh, that bought hope, false hope from someone uh, because he wasn't ready to hear, to listen the truth. So he, and here's the problem with research and why I told you that it's hard to sell, um, which changes eventually. But imagine um, three years ago, showing up in a meeting myself saying, hey, eat your veggies, and do your research. And a growth hacker, okay? Someone that hacks growth. Uh, who would they take? Most probably the hacker. Uh, it would be the person that promised to hack stuff, uh, gave them silver bullets. Research has a negative connotation. I won't admit that. It has the connotation of something that costs a lot, is very time-consuming, isn't nice to have, is better for businesses that are big and established and dinosaur size businesses. But it's not true. Uh, so to be honest, that these, these are the biggest mistakes that I've seen. Uh, misunderstanding marketing sales and product performance as the problem when it's the symptom. And so it's the reflection of the problem and a big ego that prevents them from seeing the actual problem. Um, just to give you an example on the marketing and sales, because I gave an example on the churn. When, uh, when there is a marketing problem, founders tend to, tend to blame, and I, I don't blame them for that. That's, that's the first thing that comes to their mind. Tend, tend to blame the marketer, okay? Mm -hmm. if, if founders and everybody could realize how less important marketing becomes if your product is stellar, they wouldn't blame the marketer because the marketer, he or she might do the, the absolutely right thing or the somehow, somewhat right mm -hmm. thing. But as soon as they don't do the absolutely wrong thing, this won't prevent a SaaS from being sold. So when I see a business that has a sales issue or a marketing issue, the first thing that strikes in my mind is positioning. They don't describe, they don't give the right expectations. Perhaps they undersell or they have a fuzzy and difficult positioning or it's a technical team 
that uh, says things like uh, blockchain for pet owners, things that nobody understands. Um, and to be honest, nine out of ten times it's that. Because when you have a substantial amount of customers, but you struggle to find more of them, then it's it's the top of the funnel issue. It's the way that you present it. It's these are these are obvious things. Um, that's I the agree. biggest thing that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think that that's something that people can really take and, and apply. It's not just something that's theoretical. Mm -hmm. They're able to understand that and really figure out how they're going to be able to be better about that. You know, Agalos, this has been really, really cool talking with you and getting to hear your perspective and use all your experience. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge and all of your expertise. This has been fantastic. I want to know how can our audience learn more about what you're doing and Grow Sandwich? Uh, if you want us to geek out about research, find me on LinkedIn, uh, send me a message, more than happy. Uh, if you want to, to discuss business, you can still find me on LinkedIn, but you can also find me on my website. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't really use any other so social media. So these are the two places that you can find me. Okay, perfect. We will put all that into the description if you're on YouTube or into the podcast notes if you're here listening on the podcast. But this has been amazing. So Agalos, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. The honor is mine, my friend. And everybody else out there, thank you for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. It's been great having you. I hope that you got value out of this. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show. Hit that subscribe button. We're constantly releasing new and crazy, amazing innovators telling you exactly how to use their expertise and their guidance, just like Agalos just did. Hit that subscribe. You'll be notified every week so you don't miss anything. But thank you for coming, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.